It's Thursday. I'm Fred McMurray. That means after we've gotten everything started and clicked so it's all streaming, this must be... Okay, so we got everybody on the screen today because, of course, everything has gone as foobard as possible. <laughs> it's because Heidi's gone. We need her. Hey, the woman says she's got a missionary trip. I may screw back. with I may screw with everybody else, but yeah, I didn't hit sixty by screwing with God. Actually, yeah, I did, but he was he was really nice. Uh huh. Uh huh. Go well, ahead. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure he's the one that brought you back from the brink before. I'm just saying, but. Um, you know, whatever. So it, it is great that Heidi took the day today and she is out doing some uh, giving back to the community. I think that's awesome because um, as we all talked about in the upcoming month of October, we're going to do a whole thing on giving back. So I'd love to see when members of our team need to go and do the same thing to feel good about being a member of society. So that's off to you, Heidi. I hope you're having a great time. So, <laughs> All right, so we're gonna go try this because I'm a I'm a glutton for punishment. Um, yeah, that actually kind of worked. So whoa, oh yeah, we're on the street. I am so glad. And maybe Heidi was listening kind of subliminally, and that's why this whole thing got foobarred today. Because actually, for word on the street today, I think that it's perfect that everybody's on the screen. You know why? Take it away. We celebrated Fred's 60th birthday yesterday. And though Heidi could not be here today, allow me to read her message to you. Apparently you guys have been friends for a really long time, right? Yeah, all her life. Yeah. So I can tell you the dirty secrets that she told me about you, but I won't share that on the air. That's fine. She actually just said, to wish you a very happy birthday from your oldest friend, and here's to another 60 years. All right. Happy so a uh, one and a two and a three. Happy, happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. We suck. Happy birthday, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Please, dear God, if you're listening, you um, yeah. <laughs> Bring on a new de- decade with Captain Chaos. 
How about Amen that? Amen to that. Yeah, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Absolutely. And Fred, I just wanted to say a personal thank you for having me back. Um, in the year of your 60th year on the planet. Um, one of the things that I think Fred does a lot of is self-deprecation. He um, does. Yeah. But as well as the genuine people kind of So don't let the stick fool you. <laughs> You know what I love about Fred is it's crazy and as um, much as he loves to kind of poke at the fact that he has ADHD, it's realized, it's made me realize how badly I have it too, because I can actually keep up with him and track him 99% of the time. Yes, you are rare. Most people, uh, I've been told I can jump 16 light years out back in 30 seconds and most people are Still trying to figure out how I got 30 feet away. So I understand it. I'm, I'm whiplash that way. Thank you. Thank you all. Now, let's just continue with the show. So oh, I can just. Sure? Yeah. Because I'm going to go blush. Let me alone. <laughs> At least you have some color to that face of yours. For God's sake, you look like you've been under a rock. You live by the beach and you're the palest guy on the show. <laughs> I'm in the camera. I'm behind the camera all the time. Let me alone. <laughs> oh, okay. So now, now we could uh, put a label on him, old white guy. <gasps> I was thinking like. I'm fine with opaque. <laughs> opaque. I would say old coot, but you know, if you got to, it's all marketing demographics, folks. It's all marketing demographics. <laughs> Well, you often refer to yourself as a curmudgeon, and I'm not sure how to how to respond to that because sometimes you are, but it only lasts for about five seconds, and I attribute that to your ADHD. You can't stay in that mood for very long. Ah, uh, what do I know? <laughs> Boy, I'm glad I'm off screen. Um, hey, Jerry. The word on the street is you're growing. You're moving. You're shaking. Things are looking day, up. Just well, another you know, day. Yeah. It's funny because when we announced uh, to the general world that we had done an acquisition, I recognized that somebody on that thread is somebody I'm negotiating with for the next acquisition. So I had to reach out to him and say, dude, don't take it the wrong way. We're still going to do your deal, but I just had to wrap this one up before we uh-huh. dig into yours. I've already got all the paperwork, so. Yeah, that was kind of scary. But, yeah, you know, Christian, you and I talk every week about the fact that it's a good time to be a, you know, get into franchising and so on. And this is just another example of, you know, once you get in, there's lots of opportunities out there, and you never know when, when it's going to come up, and you have to be yep. prepared. Yep, absolutely. And so you have got a lot going on with two different businesses, and I think that's great. Everybody seems to be engaged in doing different stuff. And so I think when we talk about word on the street, aside from, uh, Fred's birthday. Um, you know, last week we did mention that you were out there and you're signing papers and shaking and baking, as they said on uh, my son's favorite show of Talladega Nights. So I've had to watch well, it like a hundred times now. 
Kristen, if you ask my family, and I know you talk to at least one of my family, uh, they'll tell you that's my part of the business. I don't do any of the day-to-day anymore. That's up to the girls and Jeff to take care of. Uh, but my job is to find opportunities and help negotiate those deals and help with the transition and then turn it over to them. So that's where we're at on that one. Uh, we've got another five that we're working on right now that hopefully will close in about two months. Um, and we're working on some leases on one business. So on the other business, I did a real estate tour this week to try and find uh, locations for a new franchisee. Uh, we've got three being built right now that we're going to own in northeastern Iowa for that franchise. And this is another word on the street thing. Staffing is an issue for everybody in the world right now. And in our business, one of the biggest reasons staffing is an issue is because people can't find daycare. And so yes. I've been working for the last several months as to, you know, if you look at a large company, pick a really large company that they got in-house daycare for that very reason. It makes it easier on their employees to, you know, show up to work and be there all day and all that kind of stuff. So in our business, even though we're kind of scattered, we had to come up with a modified approach. And I've spent some time talking to a business broker friend of mine and talking to the state to figure out the regulations and logistics. And long story short, here's word on the street, we're negotiating to buy a daycare. Woo! And we will use that. It was, we were going to buy it as a, um, basically a loss, you know, so that we could subsidize um, daycare for our staff, and that would Mm -hmm. be a benefit to them so we could retain and recruit staff. So we would make more money in our regular business, even though we lost a little bit perhaps in that business. And we ended up, um, we're on the verge of buying one that is already making money. Wow, that's awesome. Has the capacity uh, by regulations to make a lot more. So, uh, we see it now as a vehicle that could be a income profit producing um, opportunity. And we would reserve X amount of spaces for the children of our staff so that we can still subsidize their day, their daycare and make it easier for them. And we would definitely advertise that to uh, the world of employees. So hopefully we can attract some that have the same issues. So uh, we're, we were buying one that if we get the deal done, which I think we will, comes with a, a, a lady that she grew up in this daycare, started working there when she was 16, is now the director, and she's 30, and she wants to retire there. And wow. she, she really wants to work with us because, you know, we're us, and yep. uh, she sees a lot of potential out of that. And the lady that currently owns it wants to work half-time for another five years until she retires. So we're going to have all the brain trust in place to continue running it. We're going to put our special sauce in bring some added benefits to staff so we can keep and retain better staff there. And um, never thought I'd be in that business, but it looks like that's the next direction we're going. And if it works, we're going to use it and we're going to start um, satellite branches in each of the towns that we're in. Yeah. So we can manage them from one place and still offer the same opportunity to staff in all those widespread towns that we're in. So, you know, we'll wait and see. I'll keep you guys surprised, but that's the next awesome. thing on the agenda. You know what I really like about that, Jerry, is we've been talking the last couple of weeks about, um, you know, we've, we've been licking our wounds and now it's time to kind of pull up our shorts and get back to work and figure out how do we leverage our businesses to really start dealing with, you know, the new normal and whatever that happens to be. And what I really think is cool is that you've got the wherewithal to be able to say, okay, here's this huge problem that I have with my work 
with my work staff and here's a potential, you know, way we can go and solve it. Not everybody is fortunate enough to be able to have the resources to do that, but what a great way to take, you know, a, a business like yours and say, you know, we've got a problem. It's completely outside of the box. Like you said, totally not in your wheelhouse of what you've done, but you're really, you know, like David says, right, you're going back to address the needs of your employees. And I think that's awesome. I mean, really just completely such a cool idea and such a great thing that I know your employees are really going to appreciate. So good for you and, and, and Mickey and Sam and, and the others. Well, thank you. That's sort of the definition of an entrepreneur, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And David talks about it all the time. You know, you got to recognize that your baseline staff are the building blocks of your business. And as they go, your business goes. And that's right where we're at. And as I look at my crystal ball, I don't see the staffing situation going away for between one and two years at the minimum. So anything we can do to leverage our assets or add to our assets in order to make it easier to retain and recruit staff is going to make our baseline business that much stronger. So we see this, and when I say we, I mean me, because I'm the guy that brainstorms and does all this big picture stuff and then tries to convince the family that it's a good thing to do. But in this case, it is something that everybody is kind of like you, Kristen, they're going, oh man, what a phenomenal idea. The staff's going to love it. This is um, literally the keys to the castle maybe. So we're, uh, we're working really hard to put it together and uh, beyond just the initial phase doing the uh, satellite thing, I think could be critical. And Kristen, one point I'll make, you know, you talk about us having the wherewithal to do it, but um, mm -hmm. I heard word when I was working with the people from the state, right. that many small businesses, I mean, really small businesses who have the same problem are banding together to create kind of a separate corporation with all of them as shareholders and then uh, buying or opening a daycare to really do the same thing. The amount of you know money you put in or something like that, you get X number of spaces for your employees' kids. So wow. literally even a bunch of small businesses could do something like that if they could you know, go together and come up with a plan to do it. And that's something, at least in my territory, I'm working with someone right now. So anybody that wants to talk about how to put that together, I'm happy to, uh, you know, do some I, brainstorming and a little I, bit of advising on it because we're all going to need it. So I'm already going to nominate Ray as the chief babysitting officer. <laughs> oh. And I think we could get this going in our area, Ray, really. We could set yeah, it up, yeah, you know, yeah, somewhere yeah. central. I'll tell you what, I've got extra office space. <laughs> yeah, see? And you could be the cat herder because that's like kids, right? I have three and it's like herding cats all the time. And you'd be great at it. That You'd be great at it. Yeah, and then you wouldn't have, I mean, the kids are probably easier sometimes than, you know, the employee issues you deal with. You just have to worry about them fighting over toys and how big of a deal is that? Yeah, so right. that's super cool, Jerry. Super cool. I love it. I love it. So, Hopefully, I mean, the first thing I did was go, oh, wow, where's the nearest daycare to me? I wonder what kind of deal I could do with them, right? Mm -hmm. So, and, and that, Jerry, is the stuff that I love about this show when we start just kind of talking about these things. Hopefully, there, there are listeners and people viewing out there who are going, oh, my gosh, what a great idea, right? And it's sparking some enthusiasm and some creativity that maybe nobody else had ever thought of before. David, I can see your wheels are turning because yeah, there's well, steam. There's steam coming out. 
Because, because regardless of what the mechanism is, in this case, the daycare, not everyone's going to go out there and build a daycare, right? Right. But it, but it fell under the one premise that we talked about. And actually, I'm teasing next week's segment for myself is, is it really falls under what Zig Ziglar talked about before. Is you can get everything you want out of life if you help enough other people get what they want. Yeah. So in this case, and, what, what, and we talked about that a little bit before, what do what what your employees want? What do they need? They might... Whatever that is, see how you can go about getting that for them, and you'll and then you'll build your staff. Your business will be successful, and you'll end up getting what you want. But it starts from, you know, help making sure that enough other people got what they want. And and I think as Jerry was talking about them, sitting there going, incredible undertaking. But at yeah. the core, he's really trying to give people what they really need and what they want. Yeah. And then that's, and then what's the end result? He'll get a, he'll have a full staff. I mean, yep. that's, that's really what it comes down to. So whatever you need to think along those lines that will fit in your particular situation, that, that, that's, that's the direction you want to go. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's amazing. I mean, I don't know that I would have come up creatively with an idea like that, Jerry. So I have to ask, though, because, you know, the unsung hero that we never get to interview uh, is your lovely wife, Mickey. So is this her idea? Oh, no. Oh, no. Mickey. Is not the idea, and then I I love her to death. She's where ideas go to die. I take oh. an idea to her, and she shoots it down, and she's good. We need somebody like that, right? Yeah, so, but I'm thinking you uh, you I might not be. And then uh, I go back to the drawing <laughs> board. She shows me all the holes in it. Same thing. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, I hope you're ready to make dinner by yourself tonight because I don't think she's cooking for you. (laughs) No, but really, Mickey is um, Mickey is very methodical. She's very process oriented. So she she and this is a good news bad news thing, right? When you're process oriented, you typically are not a big picture you know, throw mud at the wall kind of person. And we need both of those in a business or in a marriage for that matter. And um, so I'm the one that comes up with wild, crazy ideas to try and solve the problem. And then she picks it apart. And, you know, I literally go, okay, I'm going to show you. I'm going to go fix all those problems or find solutions to them because you like the general idea. You just don't like some of the pieces. So then I can take that back to her, and she goes, winner, go ahead, let's move forward with it. Because before we can talk to our advisors, like our banker, our attorney, uh, our CPA, people like that, it's got to pass the Mickey smell test. And so my job is to make sure I get it all in place so we can take that to them. Yeah, I'm glad I don't have the smell test job. I've got boys who play hockey. I don't even want to smell it, and it infiltrates the interior of my car. But on that note, let's go pay the bills, and when we come back, David has brought us a fabulous guest today. And when we talk about overcoming obstacles and perseverance, you're going to want to hear this story. Take us away, Fred. Hey, franchise owners. How is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, ad placement, and customer data intelligence, 
We'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a Y dot com. And welcome back. David, thank you. You brought us a wonderful guest today. Please, I could not even begin to do him justice. Would you please do us honor? Looking forward to, yes. So you know, when I wear my DFQ shirt, my don't freaking quit shirt, you know (laughs) I'm going to be talking about (laughs) perseverance and overcoming obstacles. So um, I have my DFQ shirt on. We have a fantastic guest. His name is Chad Lambie. Um, he wrote the book, No Excuses, A Special Warfare of Success. Awesome. And I encourage everybody to pick up a copy of this book. I said before the show, before we started, I, I was talking to Chad and, and the group, and I said, this is one of the few books I picked up and uh, read it all in one day. I had to put it down to eat a couple times, you know, but I, I finished the book in one day. And well, thank goodness gonna, for that, because we know that you could be a sloppy eater, and there's nothing worse than <laughs> inheriting a book from someone, and there's like spaghetti stains. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing. It's, 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 we're going to bring Chad on here in a second, but I'm going to introduce him a little bit, and I'm just going to read a little bit from the back of his book, and I'm going to read the whole thing. But Chad was born with a rare syndrome called something I can't pronounce. I'll let him <laughs> do that, but the initials are CCD. And he has a motto of no excuses, hence the title of the book. But here's the stuff that I want everyone to understand. We've talked about as an entrepreneur, the perseverance, the persistence, the overcoming obstacles. Okay. So Chad is the only person ever diagnosed with CCD, and he'll explain what all this is, to try out and graduate from a Navy Special Warfare Selection Program. Spent six years in the Naval Special Warfare community and is a special warfare combatant crew crewman. The other thing it says is this is a book that tells you the story of a child who is never meant to do much in life because he was born with a complicated syndrome. He was never meant to become a runner. He was never meant to become a baseball player. He was never meant to become a wrestler. He most definitely was never meant to become a member in the Naval Special Warfare. And yet, he did. So I'd like to welcome... Chad Lambie to kind of talk to us about perseverance, overcoming obstacles, and I'm really looking forward to meeting him. Oh my gosh. We just lost him. No! Damn this technology. He was there the whole time. The whole time until he went to. But he's been popping on and off, so um, hopefully he'll get back on. Well, there are no excuses. There are no excuses. There are no I know excuses. he'll be back. He's going to battle his way through it, and yeah. and and the, and, the, and he and he will. I guarantee it. But it seems like we're having a lot of technical issues today. So. You know, it's because Heidi is off today. She can't take any more days off. I know she's going to have to do all of her charity work on Fridays. Well, wait, that's not a good day either, is it, Friday? Maybe on Tuesday. No, not Tuesdays either. We have okay, maybe Mondays. Then she could have a three-day weekend. Uh-huh. I think I'm going to have to approve all the days off. That's all that's going to have to happen, I think. Okay. She is listening to what you're saying on Shoutcast, by the way, just so you know. <laughs> Good. At least that's working. Uh-huh. Well, I think she gives us a little synopsis of what, 
why he was driven to bring this book to us and what he got out of it while we're waiting for Chad to log back on. Yeah, yeah, David, how did you find this book? Well, I, I tell you what, my, I, have a, I have a nephew-in-law, I guess, great gentleman that married my, my niece. And um, he was in the Navy. And we have a little group chat with myself and, and, and my nephews. And, you know, whatever happens in that group chat happens, right? But oh, my, like my, Vegas. Like yeah, Vegas? Yeah, it is. It's like Vegas. Uh-huh. And okay. my, nephew, my nephew happened to pop in there, and he put a picture of the book. And he says, hey, um, a, a friend of mine, I don't know what you'd call it, but um, somebody that he knew that was he served with, I guess that's the best way to put it, written a book. You know, I hope you guys can support him and check it out. So I said, oh, sure, I'll, I read books all the time. I'll check it out. Bought the thing. And as I said, couldn't put it down. And the, what, the, this, every step along the way of what he overcame, not only just his disease and or syndrome, I guess, and, you know, the, the, the physical deformation that he had, which as growing up as a child, you know how devastating that oh, yeah. was, right? So he's isolated in that, and he'd overcome that, and then he had, then then he, he wanted to become a, you know, wanted to play baseball, and he ended up, he's only short, couldn't run, all these obstacles. And yet he made it to the college level and played and made it to an all-star level. Now, they said he couldn't wrestle. He, he wrestled doing that. Then his, basically his life was at a, at a standstill. I mean, it was mm-hmm. basically he was basically living in somebody's garage, making nothing and just contemplating his okay. life. And be quiet now. Oh, he's here. Oh, he's here. Hey, if you keep talking, we're losing part of the story, because that's my favorite part of the story. He's on mute, so he's on mute. We have to get him back to mute or get him okay. off of mute. I'm and, there. And I think most importantly, above and beyond all things, I have to say thank you for your service to our country, because, I mean, not only did you overcome all these amazing obstacles, but you know what? You gave you gave your service to our country and I could never thank you enough for that. So thank you on behalf of everybody here at Pillars. Now we can hear your story. Anybody who has the guts to do a job I wouldn't want to do is, is all my respect in the world. So. Yeah. Yeah. My pleasure. Um, honestly, I got kicked off a little bit ago with the connection. So I didn't hear everything that he said and what exactly you want, but I was born with cytocranial dysplasia, CCD, and it's a very rare genetic disorder. It's about one in a million. And what's the bottom line is I don't have collarbones. My sagittal suture didn't grow together, so there's a soft spot to my brain here. Here, I have hip dysplasia in my hip. My cardiovascular system is a little bit messed up. Bottom line is I was dealt a terrible deck of cards. But my dad raised me just the same as my brother and my sister. And he said, you're going to be just the same as everybody else. So he pushed me very hard. That led to my lifestyle of overcoming different obstacles and different adversities along the way. I wasn't supposed to play high school baseball. I wasn't supposed to play college baseball, but I continued to prove myself on and off of um, any kind of platform that I was ever on to the opportunity where I got to go to the special forces. I think what this program is about is having the right mindset and a mental fortitude to be able to be a success in whatever you want. The key for me was taking quitting off the table. I could not allow quitting to seep in because it's so easy 
to want to stop moving forward in when it seems to get difficult. And so what I continued to do was just look at small meter goals in front of me and um, conquered them. When I finally got in the Navy, which is a crazy story in and of itself, <laughs> um, I was given the opportunity to try out for the Special Forces. When I was there at the Special Forces, what I found out worked best for me was I want to make it to breakfast. I want to make it to lunch, and I want to make it to dinner. And when I was able to do those little things along the way, that's when I continue to see this amazing opportunity growing and becoming stronger really come to life. And go ahead. Well, I can't hear what she's saying. Yeah, yeah Kristen, you're on mute. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Do you think, I was hearing feedback and so I was trying to minimize that, but do you think that certain people are just born with that drive or do you think that that's part of, you know, when you said your dad treated you just like the other kids, right? Do you think that's something that you learned or is that something that, that you just, it's in your soul, right? That you just have? You know, that's a hard question. Cause I don't think it's just in my soul to have mental toughness. It's yeah. something that I uh, wanted so bad to be like my brother. That I Thank you. You're going to fall off. <laughs> oh, don't fall off. Don't fall off. <laughs> So what's interesting about that question, Kristen, um, while we're waiting on him to come back, is my son had childhood epilepsy from the age of 2 to 12 for 10 years. And one of the things that his neurologist told me, which was one of the most profound pieces of advice I ever got as a parent, and I want to ask him about that when he comes back on, um, is that he told me the only person who will ever disable him is you. And I have okay. never forgotten those words in my entire life. So every single time there was I got a question, chills. <laughs> I get them to this day. I would say to myself, is this me wanting to put him in a bubble to protect him as a mother? Or right. is this a legitimate necessity? Like, he can't rock climb because if you have a seizure and fall, that's dangerous. That's right. a legitimate limitation. Right. But spending the night with a friend or going to school if I'm a little bit worried or, you know, swimming in a pool. Swimming in a pool, you know, clearly can be more right. dangerous. But sure analyzing those and I just wonder if his father without maybe having that same language did the same thing for him because I think as parents we can all limit our children whether they're disabled or not by the way that we protect them or the way that we encourage them or the way that we offer them bravery and so my son grew up and he wanted like he would spend the night with people and he would say he didn't want me to do it in front of him but he would say right. just tell him did you tell him about my right. bag and, all right. stuff? and I'm like yep told him everything Nobody's going to say a word, but she knows what to do if you need help. That's awesome. And then awesome. he would march his little self in there and go to school. Yeah. So it's, I, I'm very fascinated to know what you were asking. Where does that come from? And if someone else has a perspective on that, I think it's a great topic of conversation while we wait on Chad to come Oh, back. totally. And, and, you know, it's interesting because you think about, like, some of these um, Olympic athletes, right? I was watching uh, some of that this morning, too. And it, not so much that they have the physical stuff, like as if you're watching Special Olympics, but everybody has these obstacles and you just wonder what, there you are, you're back. Yay. <laughs> what pushes you? What is it? Is it, you know, that desire, you know, you want every, you want everybody to have it, but not everybody does. Yeah. So what pushed me is I think to know that I belonged in the area that I was trying to be a part of. So 
basketball. I wanted to be a part of the team. I worked really hard to hone my skills, hone my craft. In the Navy and the Special Forces, I knew what I was trying to go out for. I knew what I was going to attempt to do, and I took four months of preparation before I showed up. If I would have just showed up on that day and say, I want to be in the Special Forces, it have been, sorry, see you later. We can't give it yeah. to you. The story I was going to tell you before I cut out was when I was going to get my physical, the, the Navy doctor looked at my x-ray of my chest and said, you don't have collarbones. I don't think I can allow you not just in the Special Forces, but allow you to stay in the Navy. So he had to pull out my physical standards that I had been doing, my push-ups, my sit-ups, my pull-ups, and I had elevated numbers. Well, that didn't just happen by accident. I had to put in years of work. I had to put in months of preparation long before then. And I had to have people backing me, encouraging me to get into a level of mental toughness before I showed up. So your first question to me, Kristen, was, are you just born with mental toughness? Absolutely not. You have to drive and work at this each and every day if you want to achieve your goals. You can't yeah. just show up and say, oh, here I am. Let me go out for the special forces. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 here and here's the thing, Chad. We're we're talking to an audience of existing and potential business owners, right? And a lot of them, as we're, as as Elizabeth was talking before, was talking about, you know, um, where where those influences come. She up and talked about her child, but a lot of people have limiting beliefs of themselves based on what other people have put into their minds, right? Or or what they've been told growing up, and and then there's also a lot of people we have, we're human beings, so we have a lot of self-doubt. Can I really do this? And then we all hit low points, and can we climb out? Where do we have that? And one of the stories in your book that, that really struck with me that I thought would be really good for um, our, our audience to hear is when you were at that low point living in the back of a garage and wondering what you were going to do with your life, and and it just took one person to kind of, Set the trigger and believe in you a little bit, right? Isn't that how, how that sparks? So I've got two models in life. No excuses. And you find yourself a swim buddy. And ah. the swim buddy that you're talking about is my brother. My brother was tracking me and figuring out what I was doing with life. And I was hitting a low point. I, I didn't get to excel at baseball as far as I wanted to go. And I was going from meaningless job to meaningless job. And I found myself basically homeless, living in a garage next to a worm factory. And my brother's like, Dude, Worm Factory? Worm Factory. Literally, it was, it said Worm Factory on the, on the that's side. Why I wanted, that's why I wanted him to talk about it. Worm Factory. Yeah. That's like living next to the ant farm. Oh my gosh, that's unbelievable. Yeah, it, it was pathetic. It's literally what it was. it was. It was a low point in my life. And my brother's like, Dude, you are in great shape, you have great potential. You need to get out and you need to go do something or at least try out the Navy. They got these special forces opportunities. And what that is, is it's a swim buddy, a friend that won't allow you to just continue to nosedive. You right. need to have people around you that will build you up and give you those opportunities. So what my brother did was he basically told me to pull my pants back up, get back out there and give it a shot. And so I did. I went, walked into a recruiter. I said, Check, show me what I need to do to make it into these programs. He gave me the pipeline. I stopped that job, went and prepared for four months, and then I enlisted into the special forces. Wow. But I would have never made that boomerang effect if my brother didn't come up and hit me upside the head and say, get going, get out of this garage 
next to right. the factory, get off the bench, and get going and playing this game of life. Wow, so, that's amazing. Are you and your brother still very close today? We are pretty close. You know, he's doing his thing in Japan, and I'm here in, in Tennessee, and we we communicate via the phone, but I, I would like it to be a lot closer. Let's put it that way. Always, right? Always. Yeah, absolutely. But he's still a, a driving force. My sister is also a driving force. You know, they're, they're full of what I call normal because they don't have any syndrome issues, but they see potential in me and they drive me and they push me. And I do the same to them. You know, I say, hey, sure. where are you at? Where, what are you doing right now? And I challenge my sister. You know, she's uh, her run about two weeks ago. So I said, get That's on awesome. you. Keep it up. You know what I, I, I find interesting? I'm sorry, David, just real quickly, is that you referred to them as normal. And, and it's interesting because I don't know, like, what is normal, really, right? <laughs> I question. mean, Good question. is there really a normal? Like, who defines what normal is, and what does it look like? Because I don't know that there's anyone I know that it's normal. Sure as hell isn't me, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, David, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, that's right. No, that was good. I, um, no, I was, I was just going to talk, again, to think about our audience. And, and another part of that book where you were – you had to pass your tests mm-hmm. to be able to advance, right? So, you know, again, I go back to the entrepreneur roller coaster that we're all on as, as entrepreneurs. We have, it's never, it never stays at its peak and hopefully it never stays at its bottom, right? Because we have to dig out to get out of the bottom. Otherwise, otherwise we stay there. That's usually the defining moment of success and failure for most people is, is okay, you fell. Did you get back up? Right. So one of the things that I, I, I still, I look at the points when, when I failed and I look at the low point in my life and, and yeah, that was tough for a long time. And then we clawed our way out of it, similar to what you said, just looking at one step at a time, but the part and, and, and falling out of it. And while I, while I was reading your book and you're going to know which one I'm talking about, what section I'm comparing that to me climbing back out going, man, I was feeling sorry for myself when I had no reason to other than, Hey, strap it back on and let's go. And yep. the part I'm talking about is when you were struggling with the swimming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Did you talk about that. I mean, you talk about drowning. You're under, <laughs> I mean, we're sitting there going, Oh, we're drowning in debt. We're drowning. I mean, you're literally physically drowning yeah. the water. Tell, yeah. tell us about that. That, that was, and I was enthralled with that. Yeah. So that was a big turning point for me. Treading water is the most difficult thing for me to do due to my physical disability. The way I tread the water, it feels like it pulls me backwards. And specifically, this story happened at the pool deck when we were treading these 10-pound bricks. And it felt like the weight of the world was just pulling me down, pulling me down. And I'm putting out every ounce of my effort, everything that I have. And I'm telling myself, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to die. And... uh, we get five minutes on, five minutes off, five minutes on, five minutes off. About the third round of the five minutes on, I'm beginning to go in and out of blacking out. Every time in between, I'm puking up, vomiting everything I have. And I'm, I'm telling myself, I, I don't know if I can make this. I don't know if I can make this. I get out there, the fourth evolution, and I'm blacking out, and the brick slips from my hand, and it goes down to the bottom. And I'm kind of underneath the water. Uh. And I pull myself up and I take a deep breath and I look around and the instructors haven't seen yet. I'm like, oh man, I've got a second wind here. I dive back down to the bottom, grab my brick, come back up 
and the instructors are all over me now like wolves and they're like where the heck have you been what that what are you doing and i get to the side of the pool and one of them pulls me to the side he's like we're not going to quit doing this today you're going to succeed at this but i want you to think about this what in this life is more important to you than anything else and i was like well family family's most important thing to me he's like then that brick is your family do not let it die and uh I get out there, go through another evolution, barely squeak through, and I get back to the side of the pool, and I'm just like, how did how did I get through that? But every ounce of my effort was, I'm not going to die. And even if I die, these guys are going to jump in, and they're going to save me, I think. Right. You know, so. <laughs> I hope. But, yeah. But I should have drowned out there. I don't know what it was. It was just a whole other gear that I had to get through. And I found a new level of potential in me that I never knew existed before was when I went through that evolution. And um, yeah, it was, it was the turning point of knowing that I can do anything that this program has to offer because I made it through that evolution. And, uh, and I didn't amazing, die. Amazing, amazing story, no question. And, and you know, we, we've talked about people who inspire you or, or all of us and, 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 and the reasons why. But here's the other thing. We all have the opposite, too. We have the dream killers floating around outside. Oh, yeah. What we can't do. How many times did you have to overcome people telling you you can't do what, what you want to do? Okay. In this pipeline, I swear those instructors go home at night thinking of medieval things to say to tear you apart. That's, <laughs> that's all they want to do is to see you at your lowest. And I was the smallest guy in my graduation class. Everybody else was bigger, stronger. You know, they look like Captain America. I'm five foot six, a little guy, and I have to put out twice as hard as everybody else. So they, they're, they're trying to see what kind of metal is this guy made of, and, and they're testing me. That's what's behind the scenes. But in front of me, they're telling me, hey, you're, you're ugly. You're, you're weak. You don't have what it takes. I don't want you on my team. And so they're telling you everything that makes you go home at night and, and doubt they, yourself. Yeah, doubt yourself. But what it, yeah. what it gave me the strength to say, Chad, this is a game. And at the end of the game, there's going to be a victory. If you can put your mind in that there's an end to this at some point in time, you can see past the negativity that's in your life. You don't have to hold on to it. That doesn't define who you are. That's it right. doesn't define who I was. I mean, yeah, I might not be Brad Pitt, but I know I'm not ugly. And okay. I know that I'm just as strong as a lot of these guys that are out here pushing forward just as hard as they are so i know my metal is worth as much as theirs is so anyway that's that's what i have to say yeah i've been tore down from day one because of my cladiocranial dysplasia i look different my shoulders fold together in front of me like that so there's a lot of things that people can say wow this gets weird but at the end of the day that doesn't define who i am that's right My, my character and what i've produced is who i am yep Yep, absolutely. Ray, you also were in the military for a while too, right? Yes, yes. I mean, yeah, so what amazes me about this whole military thing and and kind of to to tie it back into business, like, so to me, after hearing this story, I think, wow, business is just so much easier than that, right? I, I mean, the military literally berates, belittles, bullies. <laughs> and so you feel like you are nothing and then they build you back up right and yeah. so it's like oh my god take me right down strip me to the core 
it is what it sounds like happens. And, and I've never served, but oh my gosh, for those of you who did, I just, I, I'm amazed. And I, I don't know, Ray, did you, do you feel like some of the perseverance and, and um, there's a word I'm looking for, but um, here I go again, missing my words. Um, do you think that the military helped you in having oh, some perseverance and stuff? I mean, I think that's a, a big driver for a lot of people. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Uh, the first morning in boot camp, uh, the, the TI walked in, took two garbage cans and, and uh, at 4 a.m. and slammed them together and yelled out a bunch of expletives that I can't stay on the air. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But it was it was a rude awakening, and then and then of course uh, you go through the the, the whole process. And uh, the Air Force, from what I understand, was a lot easier than the Navy or the Marines. So uh, I ha I'd hate to see what it was like in, in the other services. <laughs> well, that's yeah. the joke anyway, Ray. But I would never say it because I, I, you know, I've not been there. But I've heard in the whisperings that the Air Force was the easier one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm uh, not saying it's true. I don't know about you. What do you say? But... <laughs> <laughs> but it definitely teaches you something, you know. Exactly. You know, you you learn to both uh, follow and lead, and you need both of those in in business. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I really appreciate um, you guys talking about this, and and it's just amazing to me. Um, like I said, I mean, business seems like a just a no-brainer now. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you look at all these obstacles that everybody um, has to overcome in business, and then you you take a guy like you, and you're like, what? <laughs> business is nothing compared to life, you know? And a lot of it's mental. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you know, even in business, it's going to be mental. You're going to have your ups and downs. One other thing right. that I pulled out of Chad's book was, was he had a lot of mental challenges that people were throwing at him. <clears throat> but the key that, and it comes through in the book, was he seemed to have a sense of humor about it all the way through. He had the grit and the determination I yeah. talked about. Mm -hmm. But if you read this, there's a lot of times where you just start laughing because he's written it that way. It's, it's almost, you read the book, it's almost as if he's sitting next to you, just like or right here on the and we're just talking. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. But but is that right, Chad? I mean, did you maintain a sense of humor through the ups and downs? I mean, is that kind of part of your DNA? Absolutely. You've got to know who you are. And you've got to understand the words and the negativity that are coming at you are not who you are. And then yeah. you can then mentally fold that into its own box and say, that's just a joke. And so then you just kind of laugh through it. And you're like, God, to that. This is not going to kill me. This is not going to define who I am. I am going to make it past this obstacle. And if you're able to have that kind of a light mind and you don't let it just fully consume you, people really respond to that. I've noticed that if they can see that you take it positively and you continue to march forward, they, they understand that you can, you can laugh about life and, and bad times, then things are going to be a lot better. I can remember one day out there in the middle of the ocean, we're treading water. It's about 2 o'clock in the morning, and we start singing buttercups. You know, why do you fill me up, buttercup, baby, just to let me down? But, and the instructors start laughing at us, and then they realize that we were creating camaraderie, and then they tried to separate us and break us up because they don't want us to become mentally tough with each other. Right. If, if you can, in the midst of chaos, in the worst times of life, you can bring happiness and humor and um, just a, a, a little bit of light of happiness 
it's going to drive you to your goals and your dreams of what you want to do. That's so awesome. If you can remember that. Yeah. Okay, and, wait, and wait. Are, time out, time out, time out. See, when I hear that, I think Sun Tzu, in chaos there's opportunity. But that's not where you went. So never mind. Yes, go back to work, Fred. So the question I, ha- I was going to ask you, ironically, is, you know, for all of our listeners and our viewers out there who, you know, in their worlds right now, they're looking at taking on the endeavor of, of a small business. What would your final words of wisdom, encouragement, uh, perseverance, what, what would you say to them as kind of a closing remark? First, I would say follow your heart. You know, if this is really what you want to do and you put in the time and the effort that it's taken to, to find what you really want to be a part of, then there is nothing in this world that you can at least throw yourself at. You can't at least try. Right. And I found in my greatest failures is where I find my best because I say, you know what? I gave that 100%, truly 100% of my effort. And I, maybe I didn't succeed at this goal, but I was able to gain all these other little nuggets along the way. And it's going to help develop my character into a better person. So I'd say as you're, as you're starting out opening up a new uh, entrepreneur opportunity or a new business, just look at it as a learning opportunity, if nothing else. And where you want to go. And if it's really what you want to do, keep going at it. There's no one that's going to stop you but you. That's so. awesome. Thank you so much for being with us today, Chad. Again, the book, David, No Excuses. No excuses. No excuses, Chadlin. I encourage everybody to get it. It's a great read and a fascinating insight into, into Mr. Lambie's life that was um, very inspirational. That would be my read on the plane home. So awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. And we'll look forward to hearing about more of your adventures again in the future. David, thank you for finding us such a great guest today. I appreciate it. Thanks, Chad. You can can find it on Amazon or you can go to my website, channelnavy.com, if you want to get the book from there. Awesome. Awesome. Amazon or L-A-M-B-I-E, chadlambie.com. And we'll have all that information listed for you on our website. And are there any other links or anything that people need to have to get in touch with you? No, you can get a hold of me right there at my website if that's all you need. Awesome. Thank you so much. Have a great day. And thank you again for your service. Thanks, Chad. My pleasure. Take care. And now, Fred, do you have to pay the bills? No, we don't. Woohoo! No bills this month. Jerry. Not Jerry, after Salinas. <laughs> Jerry, let's talk. Lead on, Kristen. I'm here for you. Well, I want to know, because you are the king of acquisition, tell people out there, because we know that coming out of COVID, there's a lot of businesses that just aren't going to make it, right? Not everybody had positioned themselves in situations financially, or quite frankly, some people are just tired, right? Some people went through the recession, they've gone through COVID, and they're just out. They're done. They're tired of being in business. So when you get ready and you're shopping around looking for uh, maybe a franchise for sale, what are some of the things that you look for that our listeners and viewers could be looking for um, as they begin their venture looking into um, buying a franchise? First off, Chris, are here, I'm always looking. So there isn't just, and I think 
the average entrepreneur should always be looking for opportunities, and they may not be uh, in your field of expertise or even where you think you're driven to go. So just keep your eyes mm-hmm. on it. I'll, be, I'll share some of my dirty laundry. Uh, two or three nights a week sitting in my chair. I'm on businessbysell.com just looking at businesses that are for sale out there just to see if there's anything that intrigues me, you know, because if nothing else, I learned something from it. So I do that on a regular basis. Um, and then, you know, I would say anybody looking at getting into business or even just expanding into a different business, find out, you know, what your tolerance is, you know, which categories could you live with, which have you, you know, which are off base. You, you don't want to do anything with those. Cause you mean, just meaning, kinda, do you, you mean know, like for me, like I don't want to do food, right? So like, even if I found a really good deal yeah. in QSR, I don't want to do quick serve. That's David's deal, right? Okay, yeah. so if, limit if you, what you're you, looking for. Limit what you're looking for. But at the same time, I, I got to be honest, you can segment the industries as you want to. And there's times I go off the deep end and go out and look at those just to see if there's an outlier that might catch my attention. But on the surface, you know, try and, and, and I don't, I would suggest you don't just look for the things you love or the things you're really interested in. You come up with the other end of the spectrum, and, and like you said, uh, QSR or whatever it might happen to be that you're not in love with, if you were to uh, say, I, I'll look at everything except these things, mm-hmm. then you've still got a broad expanse of things that you can be considering while you're out there looking around because you simply don't know. I mean, I could, you would not believe some of the businesses I've looked at. I looked at a, uh, a, a spring-based water uh piece of land in Missouri where they were uh, they were actually producing they were they were bottling spring water and reselling it and uh, not something I'm interested in not on my radar <laughs> but, but you know it was intriguing and the economics work so how about um, poop patrol how about pet waste pickup have you looked at that one Jerry <laughs> because with you three know, dogs I'm thinking that's kind of like quick serve food. I kind of, you know, put, put them kind of in the same category for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, laugh as you will, but I have to tell you, you know, quick sidetrack. As um, I first started my business, we talked about, you know, I got into all these networking groups and such. And uh, one of the first guys I met was this guy, and I, I don't even know where you are, Ron, but Ron John Pubigon in Bartlett, Illinois, right? And, the, and I was like, what? What does he do? And at the time, I just had one boxer who was very active, we'll say. And so for like 12 bucks, he'd come out once or twice a week, whatever you needed, and he did all the cleanup. And I thought, that's pretty cool. So I tried it out. And oh, let me tell you, it was awesome. Because then my kids were little, right? They weren't going to help. Now I have three dogs. And I thought, what a weird little business, right? And then all of a sudden, all these pet waste pickup cleanups franchises started popping up and I'm like I hope that dear man made some money on his model because he was doing it long before I ever thought it was anything to turn into a business that's a great transition because the next thing on my uh tiered list if you will is opportunity and falls into something that somebody is going to do there's demand people are willing to pay for it somebody's got to do it so and frankly, if you hire people to do it and it's not you, then who really cares? Because another business I looked at was Portifies because we need them. Somebody's now, Ray, deal with it. Ray yeah. you wouldn't do that because you won't even clean a house toilet. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know that yeah. about yeah. you, Ray. Yeah, yeah, but I wouldn't be doing that. Well, <laughs> Good I'm point. That's a no-no on Ray's list. So really, for me, I'll look at just about anything, but the, you know, there's a lot of tiers that I look at, but the really biggest thing that I, that I want to consider is opportunity, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like, you know. If I see businesses that are underperforming and somebody's selling them when you are quite obvious when you look at the numbers that it's underperforming, there's opportunity there. Sure. When you buy an existing you buy an existing business, you're buying cash flow. That's, That's one of the first things. If you start a new business, you're going to be upside down for a period of time. Yep. So if you have the opportunity to buy one that's struggling but still at or near cash flow, it's still a step in the right direction. So sure. for me, Nirvana. Nirvana is one that probably is somebody that's burned out or ready to retire, and they've let it kind of idle for the last few years. It's doing, you know, maybe 50 or 60% of its capacity. It's at or near break even. And when I analyze what the struggles are and what the opportunities are, it's pretty obvious that when we bring our systems and operations in, we can take it from 50% to 100% of capacity, and most of that will be profit because they're already breaking even, give or take, right? right? right so right. when I find those situations where there's a, there's a clear reason why they're struggling, it's a reason that we can control and improve on, uh, and the opportunities there, man, that's something that I'm going to be on like poo-poo on, you know, like stink on poo-poo like you were just talking about <laughs> because it's, it's in our wheelhouse, right? It's, it's a chance to take it. To another level and all of that is generally done well i'll put it this way if we do it it's generally done primarily with other people's money because the seller may finance most of it so we don't have to borrow as much they may stay on and run it for a while which is a win and if they'll agree to run it under your tutelage so it starts going the direction you want or train the person you want to run it your way that's a win so there are a lot of things that you can do as you look at that to get beyond where it is now and get it to be a, a very profitable business. Sure. And, you know, I, what I like about that is, um, again, you know, we talked to a lot of people about um, buying franchises. And we tend a lot of times to talk, a lot of times, excuse me, to talk about the new ones. But I love if I could go back, right? I always have those the Wayne's World moments, right? If I could go back. You know, maybe what I would do is spend a little more money up front and look to buy an existing business. You know, um, our dear late friend, Jerry Graychick, right, Ray? That's what he did. He bought an existing business and he grew his business tenfold to what it was. Um, but, and I never realized when I initially met him and admired the size and, and operation that he had that he started with an egg already, you know, and he just continued to grow it. And I thought, well, wow, why didn't I think of that? Because that's really a great way to get into business. And yes, you spend more out of pocket up front, but you don't bleed as much for the first year or in some cases up to five. Kristen, but I will tell you, you may spend more money up front, but in many cases you will not. You know, when we look at some of the businesses we buy, Mm -hmm. we are buying them, you know, per location for less than replacement value that's awesome because they're they're down in numbers the uh the owner is burnt out and wants to just get their money and run probably they've invested their money wisely over the years in other things so yep. they've got they don't really need the money they just want to get something out of it and be out of pain right yeah. because a lot yeah. of them are in pain they want to get beyond it yeah so if you can buy it like in our case we we there i would say most of them that we bought 
we have bought at or below replacement value. So when you talk about buying a new one, if you were to buy the franchise rights for something new yep. and then, you know, do the real estate thing, sign a lease, you know, go through, uh, you know, hiring employees, overhead issues, all that kind of stuff, and then lose money for a period of time until you reach break even, yeah. um, you may be far ahead buying an existing one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's a that's a great set of um, points to make for people who are out there thinking about, you know, can I really afford to lose? potentially lose money for three to five years before I even get to break even. And some industries, that's just quite frankly, the, the way it goes. Um, so thank you for that. And again, reminding everybody that this is still right. A great time to buy franchises. I honestly think it's maybe one of the best times because you've got all the support that goes with them that other small businesses don't have, you know, and like what we were just talking about, Chris, and whether it's somebody trying to get into the business for the first time, they do their research online yep. primarily you can find a really good existing franchise to buy and sure. they're still going to make you through, go through discovery day and all the stuff you would if you were buying yep. a new one so you're not losing out on anything but sure. uh, there may be some windfalls so whether you're new to the business and you end up buying an existing one uh, or a new one or if you currently are a franchisee or small business owner and you want to expand your you know portfolio right. I, I don't know if you will ever see a better time in history than right now to be looking for those existing situations out there. So let us know if we can help you. That's what we're here for, right, Kristen? Absolutely. And I was just going to say that I know that we've had some interest um, in people saying, hey, you know, we're looking for, um, we're looking to get invested in franchising. We've also had some people say, hey, do you guys sell franchises? You know, I'm looking to get rid of my business. So, um, you know, our goal is to help people who have needs with people who have wants and make sure that everything that we do is transparent and, and in mutual respect for each party. And we hope that, you know, everybody feels like, you know, everything we do is right here out front and center. And um, I think between everyone on the show, we have an inordinate amount of years of experience. Everybody's got a different perspective. And um, the one thing we can all say is at least we've all been successful in the adventures that we've had. So, um, and I think we all do this really with the sole purpose of helping other people be successful too. So um, yeah. I really appreciate that. And um, David, and again. Tag, and the tag team is basically something that Chad had spoke about, swim buddies. Where, yeah, where, yeah, where we're the swim, swim buddies. buddies. We're the yeah. swim buddies. I oh, mean, I'm going to bring my life preserver next week. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's yeah. what it's all about, is to have that person next to you, helping you, cheering you on, being there for you. Yep. Yep. I love it. It's a, it's a great, that's a great tie in David to him. So, and what a great guest he was. So I want to thank everybody for the show today. Thank everybody for their time. Elizabeth can't wait to see, I know you're building that first um, electronic electric or electronic. Oh my God. Digital. Thank you. Go back <laughs> out of the eighties, check out of the eighties, <laughs> the digital magazine for us. So we're excited to see that coming up and uh, we'll see you all when I'm back in Chicago next week. And this yes. has been another great episode, right, Fred? Yes, it has. Soon we'll go on 8-Track Cartridges. 